then many people see it as a great chance to kind of slander China. They would say, I knew it, China is still an undeveloped country, they're eating wild animals, they cannot control their own country and so on. People often reject to believe what they don't understand or what scares them. With Dragonfolio China, you have the unique chance to truly understand a frequently misconceived country and an inevitable shift in the 21st century. Just lean back and enjoy a fascinating journey through China that will astonish and reward you. Niemenhau guys and welcome to the next episode of Dragonfolio China. My name is Eric and today I want to talk about a topic that I noticed in regards to China a long time ago. But due to recent events and the outbreak of the coronavirus, I even increasingly noticed a development that I think is really kind of alarming. And that is basically a growing discrimination, racism and nationalism, both in the West and in the East. And today I want to address this topic. So as I said, the topic is not only related to the coronavirus, but it makes it more obvious. And I will not talk about the coronavirus in particular because I'm not a news channel and I think I'm not here to analyze all the details of this. And also my channel should always be that if people listen to my podcast in, let's say, one or two months from now, they still get value and can learn something. And this is why I will not really talk about the development itself in China and the world. But of course, it's an important topic though. So what I would do is I will try to filter what is really relevant for us. What can we maybe learn from the outbreak? What does it tell us about China? What does it tell us about the world? And how can we maybe learn from it for our future lives? And that applies basically to everyone because we can all learn from these kind of um, yeah crises. First up, where am I? Am I in China? Am I in danger? No, I'm right now in the Netherlands. Um, I went back in December for a short Christmas break. And then in January, it turned out that I might extend my stay in Europe because of the uh, coronavirus. And the situation in China is um, pretty unclear, especially in a lot of cities. There's not too much you can do. I don't think it's super dangerous. I have friends who are still there, not just Chinese, but also foreigners. They're doing all right, but um, yeah, it's just um, there's just not too much going on you can do. So um, I'm definitely um, postponing my return back to China. I hope I can um, return pretty soon, but as of now, I have no clue actually. So I'm gonna stay in Europe for now, and of course, this does not prevent me from doing my podcast, right? So, as I said, today I want to talk about a certain growing discrimination and uh, racism that I observe. And I will start more with the Western side and then afterwards I talk about uh, China because there you also have a certain nationalism that is uh, on the rise. And unfortunately, I cannot even say that it surprises me that we have a, let's say, increasing discrimination of uh, Chinese and Asians while such a virus spreads and why you have such a crisis actually and for the last weeks already since the virus really went global and since all people are really alarmed there were a lot of cases reported where you had a lot of anti-asian um yeah you can say racism at the end there were even newspapers big newspapers with a good reputation who used terms such as yellow alert 
And um, I mean, I can understand if some private people are not really aware of what happens and they use this kind of phrases, but that big public newspapers use terms such as yellow alert shows that there's a lot of ignorance, not only, let's say, in the private field, but also in public and even a lot of media channels who have a certain responsibility seem to be really um, yeah, uneducated and ignorant. I'm not sure if you can just say they don't take their work that seriously or they just want to uh, sell no matter what. And on the other hand, of course, you have a lot of um, reports from Asians who live in Europe and there were a lot of complaints of abuse on public transport and social media. So people suddenly will put their scarves in front of their face when they see them or move away or they even will ask them to put on face masks, which is, to be honest, really absolutely nonsense. And what happens right now is that the disease, the coronavirus, is racialized. So most people, they don't even care whether the person next to them is Chinese or Japanese or Korean. They think it's Asian and they are most likely having this virus or they're more likely to have this virus. And this is why they treat them like this. And as a counter-reaction, you have a lot of Chinese people now in Europe and America who say, hey, I'm not a virus, I'm a human being. Stop this type of discrimination And personally, I think it's somehow sad that we have these kind of incidents still happening because we should all be aware that the enemy at the end is not China, it's not Asia, but in this case, it's the virus. But what this also shows is that you can imagine if these things happen now during a crisis like the outbreak of the coronavirus, you can imagine that everyday racism is still very present and not just in public, Some newspaper even do it now in public, but you have it in everyday life. And my observation is that a lot of people in the West indeed believe that they still belong to a superior race. Normally, people are not really, they don't really dare anymore to say this or to show it extremely clearly. But a lot of people, they still have it in mind and they will kind of integrate it into their daily behavior. And I have examples at work where I definitely observed that Asians, not just Chinese, Asians in general were treated very differently. And uh, the way you deal with them is, is kind of, um, yeah, it's just not the same. You would uh, talk to your own people. And um, I think the problem here is that a lot of people still have a lot of biases in their mind. And what happens next is that we are very quick to judge. So whenever you observe some behavior that in the slightest way fits your bias or what you know about these people what you heard then your brain says wow great that's exactly how i thought of it and so without any further consideration and thinking process you would just check that and say yes that's how how they are so one big issue is that in the west we are still extremely biased towards foreign cultures and behavior patterns the second issue that i really noticed here is that i think A lot of Westerners, they're extremely scared of Chinese. More in the way that, not physically, but more because they really are afraid that China, at the end also other countries such as India, become more and more powerful and dominant. They're always seen as this kind of threat for, for our economy, for our jobs, for our, partly maybe for our culture. And if you look back in history, then you see that 
discrimination and racism was always used as kind of a protectionism as well or to avoid fear. So the strategy can be instead of being attacked or instead of feeling threatened, I just avoid fear by attacking myself. And closely related to this is that a lot of people, they would of course also blame others for their own problems. Let's say you're feeling your economy or let's say on a personal level, my salary is not going well, my career is not going well. I could just say, yeah, it's because I have foreigners, I have Chinese coming, I have, they're stealing my jobs, they're stealing my opportunities. And now when you have the coronavirus, for example, then many people see it as a great chance to kind of slander China. They would say, I knew it. China is still an undeveloped country. They're eating wild animals. They cannot control their own country and so on. So they try to weaken China here. And without knowing the real context, people would just say or generalize um, certain aspects again, which are helping them to strengthen their own position and to weaken the other position. And almost everything that is released somehow, all news, can always be interpreted in two ways. So if you want now to talk negatively about China, it's easier than ever. You can say this outbreak now is an evidence that the information control and political system does not work and everything can be used to spread negative publicity. And unfortunately, that's especially done by a lot of newspapers and it's at the end an attempt to attack China but I also think well it's kind of natural so for me if it comes to really discrimination or racism I think that's a really bad thing obviously and it should stop wherever it takes place on the other hand this kind of attack and protection of the own um, environment is something that is natural so I don't even judge westerners for doing this because i mean yeah china is definitely on the rise and is a competitor for a lot of economies and a lot of countries and their arrival in many fields and that is normal so this happens on a small level and it happens on a big level like countries countries are also competing and of course with such a outbreak for example it is also a chance to attack such a country because if you cannot do it maybe let's say economically because they are already so advanced and so strong that you cannot really hit them in this way you can of course try to do it on a cultural or social level right and use other weapons and that would be for example media so i'm not saying this is great what westerners do here but i also understand somewhat what is happening however what i also find very disturbing is that now I feel sometimes it's just a marketing fight. So when you look up Chinese media, everything will be extremely positive and awesome. For example, the World Health Organization, they said that China handled things quite well. So if you look up things in China, they would compare a lot of things to SARS. They would say China improved a lot. We have way less inaction and denial. And look what other people say about us. We, we improved. And then if you look up the same uh, story in Western media, it would be extremely negative. So I really feel like sometimes it's a marketing fight. And I think at the end, it should be more about informing people and 
um, about solutions. Because one reason that, for example, a lot of Westerners are now scared of sitting next to an Asian person is because they're not properly informed. They don't even know how the virus spreads, and the same in China. In China, people still kill their animals because they're not properly informed that these animals don't even can transmit the disease. So instead of spreading all these media bullshit and trying to market your own extremes very positively or very negatively, I think it should really be more about adding value to society. And of course, that's a big appeal to media especially. What I do now is I almost have exclusively to rely on my own observations. And as I'm not in China right now, obviously, I will have to um, yeah, talk to my friends, to my network in China and rely on what they'll tell me because I cannot observe it with my own eyes. But what I think is that my network for me is extremely reliable and trustworthy. But you can imagine some people, if they only rely on what others tell them, then this might be... Well, that might be not that profound. It might be really a lot of fake news, a lot of rumors. And that is a big problem. So my my desire is that in the future, it would be maybe a bit less about debating, about arguments, about judging, but more about delivering value because otherwise people have no chance to understand reality and yeah, be at the end prepared for these kind of things and know how to really deal with it. And yeah, not just have these uh, two extremes and uh, really um, extreme attitudes. So with that, I also want to talk a bit about China and not just in terms of the virus, but in terms of um, discrimination. Because you might wonder now, well, is there also some kind of discrimination, racism in China? Yes, there is, but it's. I would say it's a bit differently from the West. First, Chinese don't really feel that superior in terms of their race. They're more curious and often even look up to Westerners. For instance, it could be something really simple, such as a hair color or some, yeah, some physical um, attribute. And um, the way they look at you sometimes, uh, and I mean it literally, the way they look at you can make you feel really uncomfortable. Even if, um, you, I mean, when I'm in China, I'm, I'm not really used to that, that people sometimes stare at me, but uh, it's still something that is not that great. Um, but it's at the end more that they are really curious. And you might even receive compliments that you are absolutely not used to, like, oh, you have a nice fair skin or... People that don't even know you for the first time would make comments about, oh, you have a long nose. And so they kind of, uh, yeah, do some racial profiling here. And the second part is that also Chinese have a lot of biases um, about Westerners. A lot of them obviously have never been to any Western country. They haven't even left China, perhaps. But they still have certain ideas. And what I observed recently, for example, is that they are very scared of Europe and the US. So, for example, they imagine Europe being a place which is full of refugees and they might rob you and it's kind of dangerous. And in the US, they imagine the US being a gangster pot where everyone carries a gun. So also here you see that the ideas they have are still shaped by particular incidents and by biases and a few news that may be shape their entire picture of, of Western countries. And of course, a lot of stereotypes that they have are just copied from the past as well. So they generalize, and partly even more than in the West, I would say. 
A third type of, you can say, discrimination is that in China, I find it even harder to really integrate into the society. In the West, I dare to say it's possible. If you're really willing, you can perfectly integrate. And I can definitely tell because I had a lot of friends in high school who came from different backgrounds, different countries, and now they live with their families in Germany for a long time. They live a very ordinary life here. They're partly, I would say, they're more German than I am now. And so I have a lot of examples which showed me that it's possible. But in China, I would say it's extremely hard because they have a, I would say, more stricter racial segregation. You have, on one hand, the Han Chinese, like 90, more than 90% of people there are Han ethnical. Then you have some ethnical minorities and you have some foreigners. Um, I think currently around 900,000. And foreigners are always strictly seen as foreigners. There are basically no, let's say, Chinese with a foreign background. That's very rare because the Chinese culture is so strong that it is very unlikely that you can really break through it and you will ever be accepted by Chinese as a Chinese. And it's just because of your appearance and your ethnical background that you cannot really become one of them. And I would say this is one of the biggest differences to the West because in North America and in Europe, there are a lot of people living who, just based on their look, they would be Asian. But since they lived there for such a long time, they're not just citizen because it's on their passport, but also because of their cultural adjustment and because the society accepts them. They, at the end, don't really care that much. In many places, there would just be one of them now. And that's a very big difference to China. So culture here is the main factor to my mind. And China knows that culture is basically their most valuable asset. They need their culture in order to keep China together and in order to continue growing. And this is why recently there are a lot of people that observe a development in China that they refer to as a growing nationalism. And what they mean by this eventually is that Western culture and Western influences are more and more suppressed. And so this is something that a lot of people don't like when they see this. They think that this is a nationalism which should not exist. But you have to understand that first and foremost, these Chinese nationalism is a cultural nationalism. And China does this to really protect their culture. Because one thing that China is definitely scared of is that Western powers would become too powerful in China again. So by all means, they want to avoid that the culture from the West is basically arriving too powerful in China. And this is why they have a certain protectionism, which yeah preserves their own culture. Okay, so I want to summarize a bit what I said here and draw a sort of conclusion. I think today we have still a lot of different types of discrimination and different reasons why they exist. Partly, I think they even became stronger in recent years and a racial segregation and discrimination just helps us to make our life much easier. We don't need to think sometimes and we can avoid certain fears by using this and it also helps us to defend our culture and you see that this is a approach that is used globally and I think while defending one's own culture to a certain extent is great 
racism and discrimination is certainly not. So people and of course also countries and governments should really distinguish what is discrimination, what is racism and what is just protectionism. A lot of attitudes that we have and biases are shaped when we are very young. And it's really hard to eliminate those biases because, well, once we have a firm belief, people like to stick to that. It's really difficult to get rid of it sometimes. And the problem is that if our biases are continuously fed with media, how would they ever get rid of their biases if they are wrong if media is controlled by biases itself? It is absolutely normal that we want to spend time with people who have the same interests, the same backgrounds, maybe the same culture and language. That is absolutely fine. But this should not lead to a thinking that the only way to live properly and the only right system is what we do every day. And that we think everything beyond that is a threat for us or is weird. Because one thing that we should keep in mind is that the biological differences between people are extremely small. Neither is there a superior race nor an inferior race. We are all pretty much the same. This sometimes drives us crazy, but it's a fact. And my final statement here is that we should never use a crisis like the outbreak of the coronavirus right now to slander others. What we should do though is we should use them wisely to learn from mistakes. And that is a really important topic that I'm going to address in one of the next episodes where I'm discussing what can we learn from the global outbreak of the coronavirus. Thanks for listening to the Dragon Folio China podcast. As you've kept listening until now, I assume you enjoyed the show and would appreciate a five-star rating on your podcast app, which allows other folks to learn about this important topic as well. For more fascinating insights into China and for easy ways to benefit, make sure to visit the website at dragonfolio.net and sign up for the free newsletter.